Hello and welcome to Sticky from the Inside, the employee engagement podcast that looks at how to build stickier, competition-smashing, consistently successful organisations from the inside out. I'm your host, Andy Gorham, and I'm on a mission to help more businesses turn the lights on behind the eyes of their employees, light the fires within them, and create tons more success for everyone. This podcast is for all those who believe that's something worth going after and would like a little help and guidance in achieving that. Each episode, we dive into the topics that can help create what I call stickier businesses, the sort of businesses where people thrive and love to work and where more customers stay with you and recommend you to others because they love what you do and why you do it. So if you want to take the tricky out of being sticky, listen on. Right then, welcome to another episode of Sticky from the Inside, and this one's going to be just a little bit different. Maybe it was inevitable based on what we've all been dealing with at the moment, or I don't know, maybe I've just been lucky to this point, but illness has finally put a crack in my guest pipeline. My guest, my backup guest, and my backup backup have all been unable to join me in Sticky Studios for one reason or another. And so today it's just me. So I'm going to take the opportunity to pontificate on a topic that I love talking about and coaching and mentoring people on, and that is belief. It's something that plays such a huge role in driving great performance, but also plays a massive part in purpose and culture. And I want to bring that to life a little bit in this episode, if I may. And of course, to do that, I want to start with talking about rugby. Not our usual topic, granted, but one that funnily enough, is linked to my original guest who was due to record this episode with me, and who will do so when they're better, so look out for that, but please bear with me. This podcast hasn't suddenly become a sports pod, it's still very much focused on creating stickier places to work, and it all relates back to belief, so please stay with me. No, it's because of what happened a couple of weekends ago in the Gallia Premiership final. I'm a huge Harlequins fan, and rest assured, this isn't a gloating episode either, but their unlikely victory in the final, a full nine years since our last, and the manner of that win, and the incredible turnaround that's taken place within the team since January, all sits nicely, I think, alongside the topics of culture, purpose, and belief that I love to talk about and help businesses with. So back in January, Quins were languishing around mid-table, going nowhere after two previous seasons of, well, let's just call it consolidating. When out of the blue and seemingly hurriedly, they parted company with the head coach, a guy called Paul Gustard. At first, it was reported that he'd been sacked due to results. Later, it was reported that he'd had contract disagreements and had been given a better offer to coach in Italy. But one line of reporting seemed to concentrate on a clash of culture and identity between the coach, the club and the players. The coach had a pedigree as a defensive thought leader and had been in England's head coach Eddie Jones's coaching setup before moving to Quinns three years earlier. His focus at Quinns had been on discipline and organisation, but recently it looks as though this was grating on a team who had previously been known for being adventurous. Granted, 
We hadn't actually won anything for years, but something was clearly jarring. Something somewhere wasn't, wasn't right about the identity of the club. Now, even though Gustard's focus had been on defence, this had been a real weakness throughout the season. So, reading between the lines this conflict of styles and what it was doing to team performance and morale was plain to see in the pitch. The side had always looked tired and devoid of ideas and creativity. They were unable to keep hold of any leads they'd built and belief was clearly suffering. So, to me at least, it looks like the parting had come down to the club wanting to re-establish its identity and the coach not matching up to that. You might call it an issue of cultural fit, which I know in some circles is seen as a bit of a dirty phrase. But whether you agree with the move or the manner in which it was done is one thing. But the call, the call to part ways because of wanting to get back the club's soul, its identity, for me, is a brave one. And of course, for someone like me who's fully invested in and a strong advocate of pursuing common purpose and cultural alignment, it looks looks like the right choice. And this is not just about the fact that we won the title, but for me, it's the spirit they've displayed and the words and the actions that are evidence of the positive changes that have taken place since January. One man at Quinn's typifies what's happened in the team, and that is Joe Marler. If you don't know who Joe Marler is, we really don't have time to get too deep into trying to understand the enigma and explain who Joe Marler is, and I'm not even sure if that's possible. But suffice to say, he's a character and a talisman for the club. He's also recently been in the news after publicly speaking up around his issues in dealing with mental health and the need for these things to be spoken more about and for a greater level of support to be given to people suffering with such things. On the pitch, he's a divisive character. Now, as a Queens fan, I absolutely love his personality, effort, heart and commitment to the club. But in all that was going on with this game, the tackles flying in, the free-flowing running, the offloading, the teamwork, everything, I think one of the biggest and, for me, most powerful moments of the match could easily have been missed by many. And it featured Joe. With 10 minutes or so to go, Harlequins are losing. Now, we've already come back three times in the match so far, so that includes previously coming back from 28-0 down in the semi-final the week before. So you can forgive me for thinking that surely we couldn't rise up against adversity yet again. But as I sat watching the TV, with Quinn's about to take a crucial line out, the coverage honed in on Joe. And he was calmly and deliberately repeating one word to his teammates. Believe. 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 Look, I know I love this stuff and I'm susceptible more than most to it. But it felt like everything around me slowed down when I saw that happening. Believe. It wasn't a panicked plea. It wasn't a desperate, frustrated cry. It looked like a purposeful, 
strong, confident, deliberate, reassuring message. Now, in the following 10 incredible minutes, Quinns scored two converted tries and, of course, gave up a converted try with three minutes to go. It is Quinns, after all, and they secured the title. They had played with energy, imagination, confidence, resilience, and ultimately with a strong sense of belief. In the post-match interview, the man of the match, Joe Marler, gave in his usual style amidst jokes and a humble appraisal of the game, was asked, So what's changed since January, Joe? His response says it all for me. He started by saying that so many things had changed and he didn't have time to go over all of it. Comments were made about the level of love and commitment between all the team. But the phrase that put it all into context for me was, We started to believe in what we're about in what we want to be. For me, this example typifies the power of culture and the alignment between purpose, identity and people. In business, you could use the word proposition instead of or alongside identity. A team that clearly felt uneasy trying to be something they weren't and underperformed as a result got back to really understanding what they wanted to be. They had a collective belief in that as a team and as individuals. Everyone knew their role and the part they played in delivering that on and off the field. This allowed them to play authentically, with confidence and to the best of their ability, in my mind. That message of authenticity is one that we use constantly when helping people become better leaders because it's far easier to be something you naturally are than trying to be something you're not. Now, you might say, think that sounds obvious, and it is. But as we've said many times on this podcast, common sense doesn't make it common practice. And I look at the transformation of that Quinn side, and I think they're a great example of being true to your identity and playing on the strengths of that, not dwelling on protecting the possible weaknesses of it. The team was being drilled as a, to be a defensively tight, organised and disciplined unit but something wasn't working and it didn't feel right to the team. Over the course of the games in the regular season, Quinns gave up 77 tries. 77! They also shipped a further 10 in just two championship knockout games. Now that is hardly tight, is it? But whereas under the previous culture, the style of play and doctrine didn't effectively allow them to react to going behind, the re-establishment of a culture that brought back a swashbuckling spirit of adventure and creativity clearly released the potential of the whole team and ignited a real sense of belief in the cause. But belief needed actions to ultimately lead them to realise their goals. However, it's belief that is the foundation for achieving great things. Belief is the thing that shapes our thoughts, which then defines our actions, which then leads us to our final outcome. And I think it's even more powerful than that. Your belief and conviction heavily influences others. And as leaders, you should never underestimate the impact your show of belief has on other people. That 
coupled with your actions is what starts movements. And those are the things you need when creating effective changes in culture, just like we've seen with this Harlequins example. But it does cut both ways. Empowering beliefs propel your performance on, no doubt. But limiting beliefs will drag your performance down. And this can be particularly true in the face of challenge. But the good news is, is that you do have a choice. When you're under pressure, you can rise to the level of your training. When you're under pressure, you can't get by on talent alone. Actually, you won't perform on just the physical training itself either. You've got to be mentally on it. You've got to be mentally switched on too. In other words, you must believe to achieve. Why? Because the mind is what leads the body. To reach your highest level of performance, you first have to believe. Ask any top performers. Top performers win in their mind first. Joe Marler reminding people to believe is a great example. But believe in what? The team must have had something to believe in first. So let's dig into that a little bit. I've said that belief provides a platform for great performance. And I believe that your culture provides an environment to cultivate that belief. And when you do that, the power of belief manifests itself in four demonstrable ways, I think. Firstly, belief creates a focused vision. It can generate an iron will. It creates and strengthens resilience and finally, it allows you to free up your full potential. When you think about that vision, belief can effectively see something that hasn't yet been achieved. It creates a powerful vision of what you want to achieve. Strong enough, it will also show you the work required to achieve that success. I really, really do believe that when you truly believe you can really see that work too. You'll picture yourself doing it and moving forwards towards your vision. The clearer that vision is, the more focused believers will be. They won't get sidetracked by things or people that will take them away from following the path to their vision. Belief gives them proper focus. Belief in the vision creates an iron will which helps you do three things. Number one, to do whatever it takes to do the things that need to be done to realise your vision. Number two, to stay committed to doing those things for as long as it takes. And three, to remain resistant to doing those things that won't help you deliver your vision, to cast them aside. Will, will is all about staying power. That's what belief breeds. The commitment to carry on when it gets tough to not be swayed by yourself and others, and to keep reaffirming and re-establishing that commitment in the face of challenges. It's belief that does that. Now, to continue the rugby metaphor, we're only at half-time with what belief can do for you. But just think for a second. How amazing would your results be if you had razor-sharp focus on a vision and an iron will to keep doing whatever it takes to achieve it? 
Imagine if your whole team had that. What could you all achieve? Imagine if your whole company had that. What incredible things could you accomplish together? Imagine if your company culture did everything it could to enable those things to happen. How good would it feel to work in that sort of environment? I mean, I'm sitting here getting goosebumps just thinking about it. So what else can belief do? Well, let's pop back to that semi-final where Quinns Quinns were 28-0 down against the league leaders. I'd like to think that their belief in the vision when up against such a challenge only served to strengthen their will, resolve and resilience. Not just cope with it, make it stronger. What was the conversation in that dressing room like at halftime? I would love to know that. Maybe one day I'll get a chance to get you on the podcast and find out for real. That would be wicked. But what I suspect happened was a committed focus on belief and using the resolve to focus on the things that they needed to do to get back in the game and realise their vision. There won't have been any blaming each other or complaining. A focus back on the belief will create a never give in, never give up attitude, no matter what they're facing. And I think that's what allowed them to respond to that. That's what real belief can bring to you. When you have a mindset of belief, the bumps in the road don't knock you off it. They just make you more determined to stay on it. That goes the same for an individual or team. Whatever was said, they went from 28-0 down to 36-43 winners. Another unbelievable performance built on belief. I'm certain of it. But as, as well as clarity of vision and iron will and resilience to distractions and uncertainty, belief also liberates your full human potential. Belief is the key to your full complement of superpowers being accessible to you. Putting a mental limit on what you're capable of achieving will do just that, limit your capability. It will limit the access you have to all the physical training, the technical training you've done, because that's what doubt does. It squeezes and inhibits your ability to dig deep into that kit bag You need full access to your talent and your training and be mentally on it to fully liberate your potential. As I've said probably too many times in this episode already, that's what belief does. For me, it comes down to having a culture that is set up to support people to be their authentic best, that rallies them behind a common purpose and gives real clarity of vision and what it will take to get there. This will breed belief. Belief in yourself, your team, and in the rest of the organisation. When a team or organisation has that level of belief, I truly believe anything is possible. Absolutely anything. So now it's probably time for me to take some of my own medicine and leave you with three sticky notes on the subject of building belief that you can take away today to get it going for yourself, your team, and your organisation. So here goes. My first sticky note is, well, first, you have to have something to believe in. So simply start with creating that compelling future vision of success. But be brave and bold with it. Be careful not to limit what can be achieved as you set it. Secondly, keep training. Increasing your capability through continual learning that's got a razor sharp focus on that vision and the goal will really build confidence and belief and increase your maximum potential. 
And thirdly, keep talking positively about that vision. Keep it alive. Discard negativity and distractions. Keep mentally switched on it and keep it alive through positive thought, conversation and actions. So there you go. Three sticky notes from me, which I hope you'll use to start building a stronger sense of belief in whatever dream, vision or goal it is you want to achieve. Next time out, I'll be back with a guest to talk more about people engagement, workplace culture and how to create stickier businesses. In the meantime, you can check out some of the things I've talked about in this episode in a bit more detail by digging into the show notes. So that concludes today's episode. I hope you've enjoyed it, found it interesting, and heard something maybe that will help you become a stickier, more successful business from the inside going forward. If you have, please like, comment, and subscribe. It really helps. I'm Andy Gorham, and you've been listening to the Sticky from the Inside podcast. Until next time, thanks for listening.